Welcome to Rochambeau, the podcast about unique competitions and the extraordinary competitors that make them happen. I'm Kim. And I'm Ted. Thanks for joining us. On to today's episode. The World Sign Spinning Championships. There's the helicopter pop, the scissor catch, the chicken wing surprise, the decapitator, a triple wheel, Captain Blender, Exorcist, Tumbling Caveman, Inverted Sword Slash, the Thunder and Lightning, the Thunder Smash, the In and Out, the Banger. Jamaican Me Crazy. Jamaican Me Crazy. Jamaican Me Crazy. You're going to kill both of those people while doing a cartwheel. Damn. The Aero World Sign Spinning Championship takes place each year in fabulous Las Vegas. It is a showcase of athleticism, creativity, and technical ability. It's really quite amazing. It's mostly uh, younger adults, uh, men and women. They do it for a living every day on your corner. I know you've seen some of them, but when they get to the World Championship, this is nothing but a game. It's off the hook. Do people still say that? You did. I did. There is one major sign spinning company called Arrow, and they pretty much own this market, and they are the ones who put on the World Sign Spinning Championships. Justin Brown has been with the company for over 10 years. He's actually their director of training, and some people also call him the godfather of the Trictionary. My name is Justin Brown. I am the director of training for the Arrow Sign Spinners. There, there's a lot that goes into making a sign spinner as amazing and as effective as they are. And uh, we want to make sure that we're constantly looking for new ways to improve it. So uh, in 2004, I was out there with my friend Neil, and he was showing me all the different tricks that you can do. There were 30 tricks at the time, and every trick that you learned, you had a 10-cent raise. Started at $8 an hour, make up to 11 It's a pretty good gig. So he you know, taught me the first trick, the basic spin, then the basic flip. And then behind the back, and then the kickflip, and, and it kept going like that until we finally reached a trick called the Bruce Lee. Now, 15 years in the game, I'm not quite sure why I had so much trouble with the Bruce Lee, but it was frustrating at the time. So instead of, you know, just knuckling down and trying to learn it, I asked Neil, if I come up with my own trick and it has a name and I do it the same way every time, can I get a raise for that? He said, yes, of course you can. And so and so that day I said, well, you can just stop teaching me because I'm just going to make it up. I mean, when you think about the science spinners you've seen, there are definitely more than 30 tricks they can do. And uh, I was just kind of looking at it like, oh, yeah, there, there's a lot of room here to uh, make some noise. So currently, you know, uh, to bring us up to date, of the 500 tricks listed in our trictionary, I am credited with inventing... 273 of them. That's amazing. So I, I did not exactly uh, rest once I once I got that information. That is a heck of a lot of tricks that Justin created. This reminds me a lot of, of skateboarding, which I grew up doing. Like you can see tricks, then you adapt them to your own, and they become new tricks. What was your favorite trick that you created skateboarding? I didn't create any trick skateboarding. What was your favorite trick to do when you were skateboarding? <laughs> um. Pretty, I don't know, just a backside 180, I guess. All right, fair mm. enough. Well, sign spinning got its start way back when, before Justin, because believe it or not, once upon a time, people did not spin signs on the corner. They mm. actually just held them. What? 
What madness is this? The founder of the company, Max Derovic, he got a job as a sign holder in 1999. And he would go out on street corners all over San Diego, and they told him to just hold the sign. But, you know, this was 1999, so there was the X Games going on, you know, a lot of surfing, skating. There was a lot of excitement around extreme sports. So Max would go out there, and he was supposed to hold the sign, but one day he just kind of got bored and started spinning it around. So <laughs> that moment is what makes Max Derovic the original sign spinner. So he improved his skills. He got a job as a manager for that company. He hired his friends to help him, and he taught them what he had learned. And so they, they grew that together as a team in San Diego. Now, during that time, there were different spots that you could work. You could work in you know downtown San Diego. You could work on La, in La Jolla. You could work at Carlsbad. You could work in Mira Mesa. And they would all get together at a gas station in the morning, on a Saturday morning. And, you know, Max, as a manager, would hand out the assignment. And if a sign spinner didn't like the spot that they were given and they wanted to take someone else's spot, you know, the only way to solve it was with a spinoff. So, I mean, you know, if you know that you have the skills and that you're ready to, like, show the world what you can do, you don't want to get put, you know, in a small intersection uh, somewhere off the five. So that morning, they would have these competitions and and figure out who was going to go where, who was the best to work the best spot. That's so cool. And that's really where the, like, the competitive identity comes from. So when you guys decided to take the competition aspect to a a very formal world championship. Did it start in Las Vegas? Our very first world sign spinning championship was in 2007 in San Diego in in the San Diego Chargers parking lot. That was the very first time I came in second place. (laughs) So the very first year you placed second, did you win the overall championship any of the years that you competed? No, Cam, I'm sorry to tell you. I'm sorry to tell you, I've gotten second place twice. Second yeah. place is nothing to it, sneeze it turns, at, and you're still the godfather, but I could imagine that's a little frustrating. It turns out that teaching your competitors everything you know is not a good strategy to win. <laughs> Duly noted. They know what they know, but they also know what I know, and yeah. I only know what I know. Yeah, so. that makes perfect sense. So how many years did you compete? I competed from 2007 to 2012. All right, so what are the competitions like, or at least what was it like as a competitor during those years? For being such a, a, a funny thing, you know, science centers are aware that what, we do, what we're doing is, uh, you know, we're flipping around a piece of plastic. And so, like, if people don't want to take it seriously alongside of us, we understand, but we do take it very seriously. And so the the nerves and, you know, it, often these, these competitions are decided by one point, if that. So wow. trying to establish the... Uh, the the feelings of the judges, you know, if we're always dealing with the elements, whether it's rain or wind, you know, uh, 2009, we had in Miami on South Beach, which, uh, as you can imagine, was very windy. Yeah. But, you know, as sign spinners, we work in those environments all the time. So we're not going to cancel the competition just because it's windy. The best sign spinners in the world know exactly what to do when it's windy outside. So for an outsider looking in like myself, what do you do to compensate for heavy wind? Face it. You look into the wind, you throw it. (laughs) This might be a little much right now, but the best way to deal with wind is to treat it like a third partner. So if you, if your sign 
and then uh, your third partner, Wendy. And Wendy, if you throw it too far forward, she's going to bring it back to you. As a sign spinner working out on the street corner, safety is incredibly important. So you never want to let the wind take the sign from you. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So you want to make sure you're very familiar with the speed of the wind, the direction of the wind, and you're constantly making tiny adjustments in your routine to make that wind work for you. You know, the Very wind cool. has more energy than you do. So if you try to fight the wind, you're going to lose. So the best thing you can do is plan on having wind and use it to the best of your ability. That's pretty cool how they treat the wind as the third partner. Windy. Windy. I actually knew a woman named Windy. Did you really? I really did. Yeah. Was she a blowhard? Ah, ah. she was she was a nice lady. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Wendy. Hi, Wendy. After a windy Miami championship, it moved around a bit, and the World Sign Spinning Championship found its home in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. In 2012 was when we made our move to Las Vegas, and Las Vegas has been very uh, gracious in giving the World Sign Spinning Championship a home. The Fremont Street people have been amazing, and we love going there. I don't know if you've ever been to Fremont Street, but it's exactly the kind of environment that you want to have. No doubt. I could see it being absolutely ideal. For a listener that isn't familiar with Vegas that much, could you describe what that area is like? Fremont Street is the original Las Vegas Strip. It's uh, about three blocks of casinos all linked with one pedestrian area underneath this large canopy. It's called Viva Vision. It's the world's largest LED screen. And uh, it's bonkers. And so so there's I, I would say there's 10 different casinos that all link to this one promenade. And so there's thousands of people out there all the time, you know, just doing their Vegas thing. And so when they when they finally wake up at 1.30, roll out of bed and go downstairs to get their first coffee, right across from their hotel is 100 sign spinners competing to be the best in the world. So, you know, <laughs> it'll take them by surprise. And, and then they, they just sit down. They're just like, well, I guess this is happening now. I'm, I'm going to watch this. That's fantastic. So that first year you were in Vegas was your last year competing, but I'm assuming yeah. you're still involved in the organization of the competition? I am the head judge. So my responsibility is to deputize the other two judges, is to establish the rules for the year, and uh, to make sure that all the judging is fair, uh, well-observed, and unbiased. So what are these guys competing for? What are the prizes? The grand prize ranges between five and ten thousand dollars. Wow! We do offer the uh, the big check in the form of a spinnable arrow. Awesome! And I've never I've never gotten to go with them to the bank to see what they do, but <laughs> I'd be curious. I, sure. I, I am still curious. <laughs> the judging is uh, on three separate categories, which is style, technical ability, and execution. So technical ability would be the difficulty of the tricks, the uh, the risk factor that goes into the tricks that you select during your round. Execution would be how well you put it all together and uh, your control of the sign. And then style, you know, factors in things like like dancing and uh, and the unique flair that each sign spinner is able to bring. The more unique you can be, the the higher style score. What are the names of some of the tricks? Specifically, some of the ones that you invented. <laughs> the biggest tricks that made an impact on the science printing community that I invented 
are the scissor catch, where uh, you throw the sign into the air, do a handstand, and then close it in your legs like a scissor. Damn. Yes. So very groundbreaking for 2007. I don't I don't know if it'll get you past round two in, uh, <laughs> in, two, in 2018. <laughs> but So uh, the scissor catch, the inverted sword slash. So um, if you imagine that you're holding a sword and there, there's one person in front of you and one person behind you, you're going to kill both of those people while doing a cartwheel. <laughs> now, it, it's a very vivid, very vivid trick. Is it a co-ed sport? Cycling is absolutely a co-ed sport. I would say that our current uh, population is about 15% female. We we absolutely always encourage female science centers, and uh, we, we have no interest in separating, you know, a men's and a women's championship. These last few years, I've been amazed at the amount of talent that has shown up. I, I would say that the best science centers you will find have very uh, gregarious personalities. I mean, being the best science center in the world doesn't come easy, and it definitely comes from a whole lot of making making yourself look crazy in front of people. All right, so are you ready to meet some of these big personalities? Let's do it. They sound awesome. So we're going to count down for you. We actually have a, I don't know, a trifecta. A trifecta. A third, a Ooh. second, and a first grand champion to share with you. We're usually not that organized. No. <laughs> <laughs> this was not planned, was it? Isn't that the truth? Yeah. No. We just got lucky. All right. First up is Ray. Not only did he win third place last year in the World Sign Spinning Championship, but he's also a former world champion. Go Ray. My name is Ray Rivera, the 2010 World Sign Spinning Champion and currently third best sign spinner in the world. 2010's a long time ago. Was that your first competition? Uh, that was actually the first competition that I ever competed in and I happened to win right off the bat out of about like 70 to 80 competitors That's that I was up against. Yeah, it was really crazy, especially because um, I actually had bronchitis also oh. at the same time. And we took a road trip all the way from like the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area all the way down to Miami, Florida. So it was quite eventful. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, all right, going back to 2010, before you competed, how did you get involved with sign spinning? I was fresh out of high school and I really needed a job. But at the same time, you know, I was really young and naive and still pretty reckless. So when my girlfriend at the time recommended, you know, I should be a sign spinner, especially because all my friends at the time were doing it too. I said, oh, heck no, I'm not doing that. There's no way, you know, <laughs> and just had that, you know, same kind of like stigma, you know, that a lot of people have about sign spinning. And, you know, a friend talked me into it and I literally picked up the sign and the rest is history. Um, I was spinning for two years before I actually even got to compete in the first place. So it took a while. I had two years of practice. So during those two years, I'm assuming that you rotated on different corners and just kept learning new tricks? Yeah. The best part was that I actually had like a colleague that was not only my roommate, but also like my rival and was also <laughs> like started maybe a week before me so they felt like they were better and you know that alpha male instinct kind of kicked in we're always going bat to bat with our tricks and trying to be better than one another and that's what really like uh shaped me into such a fine competitor uh over the course of the years and that went on for our first like entire year and it really was just a race to see who could spin or service the most amount of clients or obtain the most amount of hours for that year so i ended up coming out on top and was the iron spinner of that year. 
Oh my gosh. And so Iron Spinner was based on number of hours? Number of hours. It means that you accumulated over a thousand hours of spinning time. How long is a normal shift? Uh, normal shift, usually like four to five hours. I, that's actually one of my favorite questions because some people are trying to sit there, do the math. I'm like, oh man, like a thousand hours. Oh my goodness, dude. How, how, how many months have you invested in this? And, you know, how many, how much do you just practice without even like working? And it's like, you know, it, I breathe, ate, slept, sign spinning. That iron spinner, is that what earns you the right to go compete in the world championship? Well, it definitely um, gives you, uh, uh, you, you're definitely noticed after that. You are recognized within the company as, oh man, this man's really, you know, paid his dues. Um, you know, I would definitely say he's nominated or even qualified to compete for the regionals. And depending on what your placement is, you'll be selected from regional competition in your district to go ahead and uh, represent the state you're from. So what was that uh, first year competing like? I mean, aside from winning, which is just mind blowing, what was it like walking into a competitive arena for the first time? Oh, I was so sick. Um, that I couldn't even, con like, honestly, I was stuck in the RV in Miami on, like, South Street while there's, you know, 60, 70 of my friends right there on South Beach, you know, like, oh. across the street. And I'm just sitting there just kind of bedridden until it was actually my time to compete and somebody ran to the RV to come get me. You know, there was no warming up for me, like all the other competitors that got to do. Like there was, I, I was bedridden and I had to go out there and I had to compete and do my best. And it was difficult, but the only thing that was focused on my mind was having the most amount of fun in this little <laughs> opportunity and chance after, after working so hard and making it this far, there was no way I wasn't going to compete. I would have never expected the results. And I'm still to this day ecstatic about it. That's amazing. That's like a 1980s movie, like the Karate Kid or something. Mind blowing. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, I like to see it like that. Um, I've always looked up to, you know, Bruce Lee's, Jackie Chan's, Michael Jordan's, you know, of my, my lifetime. So that's what it's all about, just doing your best, you know, no matter what, especially when the odds are against you. And when it comes to the 2010 World Science Spinning Champion, like that, that's what it was about because I was going up against my mentor, uh, the person I looked up to, Justin Brown himself at the time. And, you know, like I, 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 would, I never thought I would do better than him. You know, I was just trying to do my best out of everybody, period, and just have the most amount of fun. That was surprisingly inspirational. It really does remind me of a 1980s yeah. movie. I'm ready for a montage. <laughs> Gonna have a montage. <laughs> <laughs> and so Justin Brown, this must have been one of the instances where he taught him everything he knew and then he went on to beat him. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Good stuff. Well, I think Ray has a big bag of tricks. Let's find out what his favorite ones are. Some of my favorite tricks would definitely have to be like the thunder and lightning the Thunder Smash, uh, the in and out and then, of course, some of the moves that I was able to contribute into the Trictionary, like Sandstorm and the Banger. But I still envy tricks like the Exorcist and the Decapitator. These are <laughs> definitely all tricks that I still like envy highly. One of my favorite tricks to perform is 
actually something I came up with called the thunderstorm. And you would actually like take the sign from under your shoulder. You would whip it over your head while jumping and doing a 360 with your body. When you land, it's on the opposite side under your uh, shoulder and you go straight into a butterfly kick. And then once you land the butterfly kick, that is the thunder is the jumping 360 with the sign. And once it's propped up, Upon landing, you go into the storm, which is a butterfly kick immediately after. Wow. That's one of my favorite tricks to perform. Wow. A lot of kids love it. Uh, the elderly love it. Uh, everybody <laughs> loves it. That's what I love to do. I love to entertain and just show people what I love to do. And sign spinning in my heart, my soul, and my mind truly is a sport. And now, recently recognized as a national art form. Not too oh, long yeah. ago, uh, we were featured at the Walker Museum in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and was actually uh, co-labbing with a uh, passed away conceptual artist. And we were able to be highlighted as national art form. <laughs> That's so cool. And I totally see that. I mean, you watch these videos and they're incredible. They're like music in motion. It's just amazing. That it's is one of my favorite ways to put it is music in motion. So thank you for that. I sincerely appreciate that. Well, all truth. Did you consider yourself a showman before you got into it? Or, or did your girlfriend at least consider you one since she recommended you for it? I was always a people person, but I would have never expected to get a kick out of entertaining hundreds, thousands of people at a time. And that yeah, I, I was very introverted before this job. I didn't know how to dance. My coordination you could use a lot of work, you know, like I, I stayed in my shell relatively to myself and strictly to my own social circle. And until I started, you know, like getting comfortable with every light cycle is a new audience. And there's so many different people in this area that act different from the area that I worked recently or last week or last month or last year. You know, now I'm in a new city and I'm enjoying what I'm seeing from this crowd. And I like the light cycle in the corner and the weather and this, this and that. And I started slowly but surely busting out of my shell and actually just really inspiring others to bust out of their shell too with sign spinning, you know, because you're part of a select few in the whole world that like, has the joy and the opportunity to do something that only a few people are able to do. Ray is a ray of sunshine. Isn't he though? He really is. <laughs> this is what I love about all these competitions we find. There's people like this who are so passionate about it and they're amazing and they're awesome people. I love it. I absolutely agree. It's very difficult though for me to picture Ray as an introvert. Right. Maybe he was at some time, but he has busted out of his shell. And I'm sure having such an amazing community surrounding him helped that transition. Once we're in the ring, you know, it's every man for himself. But the moment we're out of it, we're always teaching each other new tricks, asking, you know, how one another's been doing, seeing if we can make visits to each other's market. The culture is really really alive and progressive and moving and it's so beautiful to be honest like that's what keeps me the most enthused and the most involved with sign spinning is the culture itself and the other people that you meet from so many different backgrounds and around the world also so you know if it wasn't for this kind of art form i wouldn't have friends in korea i wouldn't have friends in south africa or australia you know like i never thought possible i truly believe sun spinning should and will be an olympic sport eventually 
you know, there's Olympics for many other things out there. There's ESPN coverage for so many other things. And I feel like Rochambeau is honestly on the right page when it comes to highlighting these different kinds of uh, sub sports. Thank you, Ray. Yeah, Ray. Ray gets it. We didn't even pay him for that. All right. So we told you guys we're going to give you an official countdown. Ray was our third place competitor. And coming in at number two, Tyler Cartwright, who got into it a little more organically. My name is Tyler Cartwright. I'm a professional sign spinner, and I travel the country and the world spinning signs and making videos and promoting sign spinning. I got started back in late 2012. I actually had no idea that sign spinning really existed. I was 17, and I was in my senior year of high school, and I got my first job at Little Caesars. And there was a side position that everybody had to take turns doing in the store, which was going out with the sign and they called it shaker boarding. So every so often you would have to go out and um, hold the sign out there on the side of the road. So when I went out there, I didn't want to be the guy to just kind of sit around and look sad with the sign like most <laughs> people did. So I decided to make it like a performance because I had a background in doing drumline in high school and I was going to be out there for like three hours. So I didn't want to just stand around and do nothing and have all these people look at me. I kind of wanted to make it fun. So I started doing that and I noticed people were taking videos of me and taking pictures and I tried to find myself online. And when I did that, that's how I came across Aero Sign Spinners. And I saw that people were making a career out of it and traveling the country and just doing all this cool stuff with signs. And I wasn't doing anything. I had no after, after high school plans. I wasn't planning on going to college and, uh, immediately. I was going to take like a gap year. So I decided, okay, I'll just spend this time getting good at sign spinning and seeing where I can go with that. That is so cool. What a great origin story. I can't believe yeah. that Little Caesars made everyone take a shift doing that. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, not everybody enjoyed it, but I, I kind of enjoyed being in the spotlight and having that attention. You know, I felt like as long as I could raise other people's mood, I would get that energy back and it would just be a positive time for everybody. I joined Arrow in 2015. It was technically two years after I started sign spinning um, in my hometown of Augusta. Um, it, it took me two years of just practicing sign spinning and training on my own and posting videos online before they saw my videos and contacted me and offered me a job. That is indeed an incredibly organic way yeah. <laughs> to get into sign spinning. So now that he's at Arrow as a pro, it wasn't long before he got into his first competition, which was directly into the World Sign Spinning Championships. Yep. No small start for Tyler. It was pretty incredible, actually, um, because at that point I had been spinning for three years, I think. Yeah, I've been sign spinning for three years. And during that time, I had been watching a lot of sign spinning videos. And so I knew who all the sign spinners were. And, you know, I had my favorite sign spinners and pe these people that, like, I kind of learned from. So really the experience was mostly about going and, one, getting to compete and show my stuff. But also it was incredible because I got to meet all these people that I had been watching for the past several years. And so it was really fun getting to meet other sign spinners from different parts of the world and uh, just getting to hang out with them and get to know these guys and then show what I've got to show. How'd you do that first year? That first year, uh, I got 20th place. I was actually pretty proud of myself. Didn't make it to the, to the final round, but still I was able to get 20th best in the world at that point in my first competition. That's amazing. And obviously you enjoyed it enough to want to compete again, right? Yeah, of course. I, I went that first time and I was like, man, I got to come back here every year. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> well, tell me about the um, subsequent years, what's the best you've ever done? Okay, so the best I've ever done was actually this past February. 
um, I got second place. But awesome. the thing about it was that I, I tied for first place. So because it was a tie, I had to do another spinoff. So me and the person I tied with went out again for, a, for another heat. And unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't spin as cleanly as I should have. So I, you know, I feel like because of that, I, I didn't get to take the championship. I got second place. So I did tie for first, but ended up getting second. So what is, um, what is the name of your absolute favorite trick that you do? The favorite trick? It's called a, uh, a triple wheel. I invented it. I won the uh, I won trick of the year in 2017 for it. It's a cartwheel, but you spin the spot, you spin the sign a total of three times while you're doing that cartwheel. Oh. So it's uh, <laughs> so when you go down, the sign spin once. Mid cartwheel, the sign spins the sign spins one more, and as you come up, the sign spins again. And it's actually really hard to launch the sign and time it right to, to catch it and be able to complete it without having the sign scrape the ground. So you guys catalog all of your tricks into something called a trictionary. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a trictionary. Not everybody knows all the names of the tricks because there's so many different and like slightly different maneuvers that we do. It's kind of hard to memorize all of the tricks, but we do our best to keep it categorized and in that trictionary. So we have we have like this log of stuff that we can reference and so when we're spinning together we can be like oh yeah that's that's a chicken wing surprise oh yeah that's a tumbling caveman so that way we have this vocabulary to where we can just say i did this and it's easier for us to be like okay i know what you did without having to actually see it can you do your best to try to describe a chicken wing surprise for us yeah (laughs) so it um okay um with the right hand um you kind of put your hand up, you would hold the sign above your head and the back of your hand is facing you. You swing it behind your back and launch it over your left shoulder so that it comes forward. So it starts above you, swings behind your back, and then launches over your shoulder in front of you. And you just catch it however you want from that point. Really, it's about the launch. The launch is what's the chicken wing surprise. The catch is a totally different story. And that's how you create combos. So Kim and I were just sitting here doing the chicken wing surprise. <laughs> Without a sign. Without a sign, but I and think we got it. And staring up into the air, waiting for this imaginary <laughs> sign to come down. Our timing was way off. Yeah, we didn't catch it. It's hard when it's invisible. It is hard when it's invisible. Probably a lot harder when it's real. Right. So Tyler spends a lot of his time lately clocking hours, and he's training hard for that 2019 competition. So lately, I've just been spinning a lot of shifts, spending a lot of hours on the corner, just servicing clients and practicing and really just training for this next coming science spinning championship because second place is cool, but I want that first place. I was so close. So I really want to try to get that again. And that's why I'm, I'm spending so much time practicing now to try to aim for that first place. I totally understand that. I can imagine the energy is so different between being on a corner and then being in a competitive environment. That's got to be difficult to translate. Yeah, yeah. Mentally it is. Um, Of course, there's corner spinning, which when you're on the corner, you're mainly just trying to pace yourself and at the same time entertain the people that are coming by and direct traffic for the client. But when you're out on the competition, every round is different. So the first round, you know, everybody's going out to compete. So it's a lot more fun. It's a lot of just um, everybody's here together. There's a lot of excitement for it. And then the second round is the deciding factor of, okay, who is going to make it to the final round? So it's a lot more intense. And by the time the final round comes around, that's when the stakes are high because that's when 
we're seeing who is going to go home with the trophies, who is going to, who is going to leave with the title and who's going to get that prize money. So there's a lot of different emotions and, and vibes and energies that are going on throughout the entire competition. I didn't even think about when you're on the corner working for a client, you mentioned pacing yourself. How long are those shifts? Yeah. So shifts can vary. Sometimes in in very rare cases, we'll have like a two hour or a three hour shift. And that's only for like a special event. But most of our standard shifts that we do for like home building industries, uh, apartment complexes, wireless, just all the, all the standard clients, They'll usually range from about five hours up to like eight hours or in some cases, 10 hours. Holy so moly. you're out there. Yeah. So you're out there all day. So you have to make sure that you're keeping a good pace so you don't wear yourself out too quickly and that you're able to provide a steady flow of entertainment so that if, if the client comes up at any time, you are doing your do- you are doing your job and you're just you're not standing around. Right. Because after five hours, it would really suck if the one time the client came is when you're, you know, catching your breath again. And you know, exactly, exactly. Which, which does happen from time to time. You just got to make sure that, you know, minimize the, the chances of that happening. And, you know, you could you could dodge that just by doing some simple tricks. You know, it doesn't have to be like the best of the best, like competition style stuff. But for people like me who are aiming for that grand champion title, you know, we try to build up to the point to where we can spin like like competition style the whole shift. Wow. What's the feedback like? People, I assume, honk occasionally and show support? Yeah, of course. It's, a, it's very back and forth. You get out what you put in. So if you're the type of person to go out there and not have a good time and kind of look like you're not enjoying yourself and the people who are driving by are also going to give that back to you. They're going to stare at you. They're going to give you like a thumbs down. They're going (laughs) to treat you poorly. But if you're out there giving good energy and waving at people, smiling, pointing, doing the whole like, hey, what's up? Can I get a beep beep? Like that kind of stuff. You're going to get that energy back. I mean, of course, you got the haters that are driving by and don't have a chance to see you do your thing. And you know, in some rare cases, they'll give you the finger, give you a thumbs down. But for the most part, when people are actually able to see what it is you're doing, you're going to get a good feedback. I cannot imagine being in my car and looking at a kid, sign spinning around the corner, even if he was just standing there and wanting to give him the finger. Right. Who are these people? Or the thumbs down. That's just <laughs> boo. boo. No. I actually, after we <laughs> listened to this the other day, I uh, some guy was driving like a jerk and I gave him a thumbs down. You did? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I didn't want to be rude enough to give him the finger, so I just gave him the thumbs down. That's awesome. Yeah. But this, this kind of reminds me of um, when we went to Dragon Con and we were waving at people and we got the energy back. That's kind of what he was saying. Absolutely accurate. Yeah. Absolutely accurate. Well, one of Tyler's highest points so far in sign spinning is he actually got to travel to Korea to judge their national championship. That's amazing. That was one of my biggest goals since I started sign spinning. So when I when I found out about Arrow, um, I was just on YouTube for hours, just looking up all the videos I could find. And I saw that they had a team in South Korea and I started following them. And I noticed they had a very, they had a very cool style about them and I really liked it. And I, and I thought to myself, if maybe one day if I get good enough, you know, I might get the opportunity to go out there for whatever reason. I could spin a shift, be on a show, compete, whatever. I don't care. I just want to go out there. And so last year around October, 
Um, I got the opportunity after emailing back and forth with the CEO and some of the higher ups. They um, they chose me and my friend Mark Montiano in San Francisco to go out there for the Korea Sign Spinning Championships, and we got to be two out of the three judges that were there. That is very cool. Right on. Well, remember when Tyler was saying that last year he got second place because he had to do a tiebreaker? Yep. Very close competition. Yep. And so that close competition was with last year's number one grand champion, Kendrick Washington. My name is Kendrick Washington. Um, I'm currently the world sign spinning champion. Around high school time or era age, everything is like in the mix. So I did a little bit of skateboarding. I did a little bit of dance, I did a little bit of track. And then one day when I was skateboarding with my friends, like this dude, um, we was at a skate park actually. And he just pulled up in his car and was like, hey, does anybody want a job? And I, at first I was just like, I didn't think of it at first. So I put my headphones in and started skateboarding again. <laughs> but then... He was, he was still there. So I was just like, this guy is really persistent <laughs> and on point. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go talk to him real quick because I, I do kind of want a job. And once I got to talk to him, he was actually a really nice guy. And it just sounded really good to me. And I was just like, okay, I, I guess I want to be a sign spinner. Where do I sign up? He was like, <laughs> he, he was like, all you have to do is just fill out this application, built it out right then and there. And then after that, I started training with him. And then after a month, he actually put me on the schedule for work. And the first shift that I worked, I was like really scared because it's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to mess up. Like, what if the people don't like me? You know, all these things are going through my head. But at the end of the day, they was like, oh, my God, you're so amazing. Like, I never seen such talent like this. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. From the get-go, when you got involved with the company, did you know that there was a world championship? I did not know that at all. Like, after, <laughs> I, I believe, <laughs> I think it was after the first year my boss told me, he was like, you know there's a science winning championship, right? I'm like, wow. It, it took you a whole year for you to tell me. I feel like I feel like he did it on purpose because he was training me. And then after the third year of spinning, I went and then I placed 13th. That was the first time I went to the World Science Center Championship. I placed 13th amongst about. I think it was like 300 spinners that competed. So 13 is pretty high. Yeah, no and doubt. And then the second, time, the second time that I went back was this year is when I was like, yeah, there's no doubt I'm taking number one. Like <laughs> That ended in a tiebreaker, right? Yes, it was. a oh, That tiebreaker was it was so intense. Well, that tiebreaker wasn't the first time that Tyler and Kendrick first started challenging each other. Everything honestly started from social media. It was this other different market. They're from Atlanta, Georgia, and they have really good science spinners down there too. So we just like to create a friendly competition online, like on Facebook, and like we'll just do our most challenging tricks as possible and try to keep them clean, like as in a competition round. But me and the other guy named Tyler Carwhite, we started a whole controversy and everybody started going crazy about it. Like, who's better, Kendrick <laughs> or Tyler? And then when it came down to the World Science Spinning Competition, it was me against Tyler. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really intense. So I had to keep my head up. I had to stay focused during the, uh, the last round of competition. And... 
I scored two points above him. I was really scared because in my head when I was doing the round, I was like, oh, please don't mess up. Please don't drop the sign. Don't do this. Don't fumble. Just just make sure everything is clean and you'll be good. And that's pretty much what I did. And yeah, everybody loved it. And that's what I won. When you guys started going after each other online, are you saying that you filmed videos of yourself and then posted them? And that's what yeah, it was. Cool. It was. It was like friendly competition. Like because what we do is like we'll learn certain tricks, but then we will want to experiment with like different things. And me and him, we were really doing some experimental stuff. And we was like, okay, let's do like a friendly battle where it's like you go do your round and I'll do my round, and we'll have like our experimental tricks, you know, thrown in the mix, and we'll see how people like it and judge it and all that stuff. And everybody was like. They, they were going crazy off of it, and it was just like it, it was it was just a fun experience overall understandable and what a trip that you guys ended up up against each other in vegas that's awesome are you going back this coming year yeah yeah i definitely have to defend my <laughs> my title <laughs> i definitely have to defend my title and i i know he's going to be there and he's been practicing too as well but I'm so prepared for this competition to defend my title. Oh, man. 2019 is going to be a good one. It's going to be on fire. If you guys want to go and watch the competition, which I believe you do, because I do. Why wouldn't you? How I know, that fun. Sounds, I, I, never, I never knew about this. It's amazing. I mean, I like Vegas anyway. What a wonderful addition. Uh-huh. If somebody's thinking about going to Vegas, this is the time you want to go. The 12th annual Aero World Championship Sign Spinning Competition is taking place in January of 2019. And I highly encourage everyone to get on out there and watch some really, really cool kids doing some amazing tricks. Kim, I think you should start practicing and enter. You'd be great. You already know about the chicken wing. All right. So I was actually going to dog on myself and talk about how uncoordinated I am. Uh But truth be told, I I twirl a pretty good baton. You do. Right here in our offices. Yes. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, when we need to blow off a little steam, (laughs) I'll pick up the baton, do a twirl or two. But I don't know. The whole idea of throwing around something that is just that light, it just seems like it would be so inconsistent how it would end up landing in your hand. And I just really think these kids are made of magic. If you want to find out more, check out WorldSignSpinningChampionships.com and we'll have links and photos on the RochambeauPodcast.com site. Absolutely. And you'll see a couple of pictures on our website, but um, if you want to play around on their website, you will see hundreds of amazing competition photos. Yeah. And go check out the videos. They're, They're crazy. We want to thank Cadillac Jones for letting us use their music in our podcast. We are going to thank them every single time we present you with an episode because we just feel so incredibly lucky that they've given us this gift. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Also, thanks to Justin, Kendrick, Tyler, and Ray. You guys are fantastic. And everybody else who makes sign spinning happen, thank you. Yeah, and next time you're driving around and you see one of those guys on the corner, I encourage you a thumbs up or a beep beep. Or a wave wave. (laughs) (laughs) You can give us a thumbs up next time you guys get a chance. You're a pro. Thank you. (laughs) You know, subscriptions and reviews make this whole thing work and we always appreciate you for it. Till next time, people. Goodbye.
What? What? Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. What? what?